Friends of the Compass Church, so good to see you all. I'm thinking of the people at our Bolingbrook campus and at 95th Street, Wheaton, Hobson. You'll notice my chairs. These are uh, possessions of mine that are treasured immensely. We keep these uh, in our house just outside of our family room. They are about 100 years old. They, date, uh, they originally were put in Wheaton, Wheaton College, in what's called Pierce Chapel, one of the original chapels of the school. And these chairs remind me of this topic that we're studying in our final week of the Holy Spirit study called Filled. The, the, we've saved a great one for the last. This is called The Guidance of the Holy Spirit. And this is fun. Oh my. I hope you get excited and ready to practice what we're about to study because when the Holy Spirit guides, boy, does the adventure get exciting. Here's how these, church, these chairs worked out. So at Pierce Chapel, went back when I was a college student many, many years ago, every Sunday night they would have a missionary come in and present on what was happening with the cause of Christ throughout the world. And uh, I, on this particular Sunday night, was deeply moved by the speaker. He was talking about how Jesus and the life Jesus brings is everything. And it was resonating deeply with me because I was personally just being wrecked in the most beautiful way by Jesus Christ. My life was being transformed. Though I had been a Christian since I was a kid, it wasn't clicking until those days. And Jesus was bringing me passion. And Jesus was bringing me joy. And Jesus was chasing my anxiety away and bringing courage. He was making my life new. And as this guy was saying, it's, Jesus is it. I'm like, yes, he's right, he's right. And then he turned and he said, what could you do to serve the advance of Jesus Christ and his message in the lives of others? And then he, he said, I think some of you are going to be called by God into full-time pastoral ministry. And I was like, yeah, some of you are going to be called by God. And, uh... But as this guy went on, I started going, well, what about me? Could I do that? Would you want me to do that? And folks, I grew with such conviction that when the service ended and everyone else left, <clears throat> I remained sitting in these seats all by myself agonizing in precious, delightful prayer, saying, God, are you calling me? And folks, this is where God spoke. And I know some of you are like, he didn't speak. You're right. Audibly, I didn't hear anything. But in my heart, the Holy Spirit prompted and said, Jeff, I want you to be a pastor. I mean, I had tears rolling down my face. I had been planning on being a physician my entire life. As a little kid, I dreamed of being a doctor. I was a biology major. It was my senior year. I've, I'm on the edge of going to medical school. And yet in this moment, I cannot deny that the Holy Spirit of God is leading me in a direction I did not see coming. I'm calling you to be a pastor. And folks, in these chairs, I, I was called. Wheaton College so generously... So what happened is some of their chairs they had to take out for handicap accessibility, wheelchair accessibility, and the college gave me these chairs. The fact that my dad's on the board of trustees may have spurred their generosity, but I am so grateful. And I sit in them regularly 
remembering my call into pastoral ministry, remembering the principle that God's Spirit leads. Do you believe that? That the Spirit of God leads. Let me show you a verse. Here's Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. If I were to reverse the verse, it would say the children of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God. To be led by the Spirit of God is what makes life turn from a dull, monotonous journey to an adventure of deeply satisfying service and profound kingdom impact. And friends, don't write your story. Let the Holy Spirit write your story. Let him write the adventures of every day by you following his leadings. Now, one of my fears is I tell this story of these chairs and my career path change. The danger is viewing that the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit, is only as it relates to big career-altering topics. Not so. Even the little day-to-day mundane moments are filled with spirit promptings, if you have ears to hear. I'll give you an example of that so as to try to provide some balance. Not just big stuff, but little stuff, like Monday. Monday, I was... Uh, Monday's my day off. My kids were off of school on Monday as well. And so my daughter, Janae, 13-year-old, she and I went out on an errand together to buy a desk chair. We went to an office supply store that will remain unnamed, all right? Uh, And uh, we tried out. They had so many chairs. Janae and I sat in them all, and we're like thumbs up, thumbs down, measuring back support, rump comfort. And we narrowed it down to like two. And one of the two had this big red sign on it, sale, $100 off. It made the choice obvious. So I slipped out the little slip that's there, went to the cash register, and the guy there said, I'm not seeing this $100 off thing. He goes, let me call my manager. So he calls his manager. The manager, she comes up with the sign that says, sale, $100 off. And she comes to me, she goes, sir, you should have read the fine print. This sale ended two days ago. I was not filled with the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit on this particular day. And I said, ma'am, maybe you should have taken down the sign if it's no longer operative. I said, would you honor, I mean, it was advertising, that's why I chose this chair. Would you honor the $100 off since you were, she goes, no, you should have read the fine print. We will not honor it. Uh, I felt inclined to tell her what I thought of her business practices, and I did so with some fire that was unnecessary and inappropriate. I'll give you no further details than that. (laughs) And as I walked away from the register, kind of realizing how amped up I had just gotten, I looked to Janae with a face kind of like, eee, and she said, nice job, pastor. (laughs) And as I walked towards the exit, I just had this overwhelming conviction of sin. And I apologized to God. I said, Lord, forgive me. That was ugly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the Holy Spirit spoke. I felt, didn't hear, but I felt this thought. God's not the one you need to apologize to. Firstly, you need to go find that manager and apologize to her. No, I don't want to. Just leave, 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 leave. And I'm wrestling with the Holy Spirit. He won. 
The Holy Spirit guided me. Go repent. So I'm walking through this store looking for this manager. I finally find her. And I say, remember me? I said, uh, I don't know what got a hold of me. That was awful. And I apologize. Getting all amped up about that made no sense. I did not treat you with the respect you deserve. I am sorry. Would you forgive me? She goes, people treat me like that all the time. And I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I sure shouldn't have. Would you forgive me? She goes, sure, I forgive you. Was getting in the car with Janae, and the Holy Spirit spoke again. Now apologize to your daughter. I'm like, but I didn't sin against her. You know, she just witnessed it. And uh, God said, Jeff, you're supposed to be a godly example. And he failed. And so I said, hey, Janae, I got to apologize to you too. I said, I'm supposed to be a godly example. And boy, did dad blow it there. You know, when I explained, I go, temper's a scary thing. When you're angry, you can say things you regret saying, treat people in ways you regret. And as I'm saying this, it's dawning on me. This is good for Janae to see me because she's got a temper problem too. In fact, she owned it in that moment. She goes, you know, Dad, I have a temper problem too. I'm like, oh, really? And she said, but she goes, I lose my temper to family. You do to complete strangers. Oh, my God. It's true. The Spirit always guides us rightly, not necessarily in easy directions. But I tell you, you never regret following the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And so let's learn how to do it and how to do it well. Our main text is Acts chapter 8. Let me read verse 14 or 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. You may wonder, who is Philip? I'm glad you asked. Philip. So in the early days of the Christian movement, in the early chapters of the book of Acts, there was a leadership crisis. The 12 disciples were insufficient. They needed more leaders. So they resolved to pick seven. And you know what their criteria was? Seven who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And sure enough, Philip was one of the seven chosen to fill a much-needed leadership role. One of the other of those seven was a guy by the name of Stephen. Stephen boldly shared Christ in Jerusalem to the extent that they killed him for it. Stephen is called the first Christian martyr because they dragged him out of town and threw stones at him until he died. The Bible says that the martyrdom of Stephen triggered a horrible persecution of Christians in Jerusalem, so bad that most Christians had to flee Jerusalem. Philip was one of them that had to flee during that season of persecution. He fled north. He went to a land called Samaria, where the Samaritans hated the Jews. Though they hated the Jews, Philip a Jew said, hey, I love you, and I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And he did just that. And to everyone's amazement, mass amounts of Samaritans became Christians because of Philip's witness. So many, in fact, that Peter and John couldn't believe the reports they were getting. And so they went up to Samaria to see for themselves of this great movement of God's Spirit. So that's Philip, the missionary to people, foreigners, north of Jerusalem. This passage says south. This is a radical change. 
Philip enjoyed seeing what the gospel of Jesus did to foreigners to the north. Now he's being directed to see what the gospel can do among foreigners to the south. I say foreigners because this road is going from Jerusalem to Gaza. You've heard of the Gaza Strip? Same Gaza. The road from Jerusalem to Gaza was the road that flowed into Africa. So Africans, for a variety of reasons, would sometimes come to Jerusalem. Sometimes Jews would go to Africa. And if you wanted to connect with foreigners from Africa, that was the road to do it on. What about the angel of the Lord telling him, go south? Well, we find in the Bible that often in dreams or in visions, a vision is kind of like a dream, but only you're awake. Uh, In dreams and visions, people would encounter the angel of the Lord that would guide them. And that's what happened to Philip. Uh, He was probably dreaming. And in his dream, the angel of the Lord said, leave your robust ministry in Samaria and go south. I've got something up there for you. This is a Holy Spirit moment. It says in Acts 2 that when God pours out his Holy Spirit, young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. And so this angelic vision is a gift, a ministry of the Holy Spirit to Philip. And so what does he do? He goes south. Look at verse 27. So he started out. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. He meets a powerful politician. This is somebody in the nation of Ethiopia that was up there serving the queen, overseeing finance, very high-ranking political uh, servant. And how did Philip meet this high-ranking politician? Let's find out how. Verse 27. This man, the Ethiopian, had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. Friends, this Ethiopian is a spiritual seeker. He has heard of the God of Israel. He's gotten a hold of a copy of the scriptures He is drawn to the God of these people. He's come all the way to Jerusalem seeking to connect with this God, to worship this God. He's reading now as he leaves the scriptures in Isaiah. Here's a man whose heart is yearning for God. He's in a chariot. This is probably more like a first century limousine. You know, when we see high-ranking political people, they've got an entourage. Well, that's probably the case here. It's a fancy chariot. It's probably servants and guardians around as he, as he travels. It would have been natural for Philip to notice. Wow, that's probably somebody important. But it was more than noticing. Look what happens next. Verse 29. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stand near it. Friends, that's the leading, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? The Spirit of God told him, you know, don't you want to better understand? What does it sound like when the Spirit of God led Philip? I'm guessing here, but I'm guessing Philip heard nothing audibly. My experience, as other Christians I have talked to, would describe the the voice of the Spirit of God as this thought that enters into your mind 
And you just know it's from the Holy Spirit. He saw the chariot, but then this thought, that's why I'm here. Here, let me provide guidance as to how to experience the, the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The first is this. Live with expectation. Expectation. Philip had expectation. He said, how do you know that? I know that because of what we already read. He was there because he sensed God wanted him on that road. And so as he arrived on that road, he'd be, I think he'd be like, all right, God, here I am. Why am I here? What are you up to? What do you want me to do? He's expecting, he's looking for guidance. Saw the chariot, boom, message fires in his brain. Folks, we got to approach with expectation. If you have no expectation, if you're running through every day, rush, 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 don't give God any ear, you're not going to hear anything. But if you say, Lord, this day is yours. I am your servant. Lead me. I'm listening. What would you have me do? Say, Uh, That expectation is vital. Expectation is the first thing I would point to. The second is uh, recognition of the voice. We can grow to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, It's kind of like telephones. You know, the young people are here. You don't know what I'm going to talk about or understand what I'm going to talk about. So let me explain. In the old days, we used to have phones in our house. You didn't have caller ID where you could know who was calling. In fact, the phone in the house would ring. You'd pick, here's how phone etiquette was in the day. You pick up the phone and they say, hi, is Jeff there? And you'd say, well, yes, Jeff is here. Can I tell him who's calling? And they would say, yes, this is Frank. And they'd say, hey, hi, Frank. I'll go get Jeff for you. That's how it went, you know? Unless you recognize the voice. If they were a friend or a family member who were close, the mere tone of their voice made the question, can I tell him who's calling, unnecessary. You just knew who it was. And friends, the same thing happens with the Holy Spirit. Through trial and error, through practice, you grow to recognize when a thought is from the Holy Spirit. When I was at Staples, when I was at the unnamed... uh, (laughs) Office supplies. Let's erase that. When I was at the office supply store, I knew that was the Holy Spirit. There was no question to me when I felt that go find the manager and repent. I recognized the tone of that voice. It felt like the Spirit of God. That's how he speaks to me and what he sounds like. I just knew. No. Why do I have this idea? I know where I got that idea. This is a leading of the Holy Spirit. And we grow to recognize. Now, you can also evaluate. Here are some ways to evaluate whether the apparent prompting is in fact a spirit prompting. One evaluation test is the scripture test. Does this leading align with the Bible? And I I had a guy once who told me, you know, God is leading me to leave my wife. God wants me to be happy, and I was just praying about it, and it dawned on me. God wants me, he told me, to leave my wife. I'm like, no, he did not. Let's turn to the word of God and see what he says regarding, you know, this type of matter. And so if you have a leading that contradicts Scripture, God does not contradict himself. And so we know that not to be from the Holy Spirit. Here's another, the wisdom test. 
Jesus said, be as wise as serpents, gentle as doves. Does this leading match with wisdom? I once failed in this regard. Jen and I were newly married and so excited to buy our first house. We were out with the realtor and we were led to this one charming little home. And Jen and I, our hearts were just beating and we excused ourselves from the realtor, went in the room and said, what do you think? I think this may be it. I feel it. Do you feel it? I think God wants us to make an offer. We made an offer only to go home and crunch the numbers and realize we couldn't afford the offer we made. That's unwise. I had to go back and tell the realtor, I have to rescind my offer. Can I do that? I'm so sorry. We can't afford it. She said, well, they laughed at your offer, so it's okay. <laughs> but folks, if it's, it doesn't make sense wisdom-wise, that's, that's a real sign. Well, one more, and that is the hurtful test. Could this be hurtful to somebody? Uh, there was a day when Jen and I were struggling with infertility, and a very well-meaning Christian sister came to Jen with a pregnancy test and said, God told me to tell you that you will be blessed with a baby by the time the expiration date on this pregnancy test arrives. Well, that was not from God. I know that because that day came and went and we didn't get a baby. And uh, that was very hurtful to my wife. And so you got to ask, Lord, is this potentially hurtful to someone? Because I want to be extra careful and not say a thing, a word unless I know it's you. So there are some tests. In the case of Philip, he's like, yeah, this reaching out to whoever this guy is in the chariot, that's very biblical. Passes the scripture test. Is it wise? Well, I suppose if I get too close to the chariot and it runs over my toe, that'd be unwise, but, you know, close enough. Yeah, it's wise and it's not hurtful. So I'm going to do it. And he did it. Shall we read? Then Philip ran to the chariot and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Imagine that. He walks up to the chariot. Is the dude reading scripture? He is. Uh, Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked the guy. How can I? He said, unless someone explains to me what it says. So he invited Philip to come up and sit. Next side. To sit with him. In the chariot. He was, uh, the scripture passage that the eunuch was reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. I won't read the rest of it. That's from Isaiah 53. It's one of the most popular passages regarding a prophecy of Jesus and his death on the cross for our salvation. So is this like divine coincidence or what? So at the very moment Philip arrives at this road, This important Ethiopian political official is coming by. It happens that that guy's unbelievably hungry for for God. So hungry that he's reading scripture at that very point. He's so frustrated to understand that he's reading out loud. Sometimes I read out loud when I'm trying to get my mind around the passage. He's reading out loud the very prophecy that points to Jesus with stellar clarity. Philip is like, unbelievable. Is that coincidence? The answer is no. That's divine orchestration. That's God working behind the scenes, guiding Philip to intersect this man's, this seeker's life at just the right moment. This is what makes this so fun. You know, if you're writing your story, 
There's no divine coincidences at all. If God's writing your story, his infinite wisdom and knowledge will work behind the scenes and circumstances to lead you into moments you couldn't have come up with on your own. This is where it gets fun. Here, I'll I'll share an example. Uh, I've shared this before. Maybe you recall. It was years ago now. I was relatively new to the Compass Church. And after a service at Hobson, a guy comes up to me that I've never met before. He says to me, uh, Jeff, I am an elder at the Wheaton Evangelical Free Church. He said, we started the Naperville Evangelical Free Church. And I'm like, I'm aware of that. Nice to meet you. He said, pray for your mother church. We are struggling. Now, I'll give you a little backstory. That friend has since told me that he felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to visit the Compass Church. And he obeyed. He felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to introduce himself to me, and he obeyed. He felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to confide the humiliation of their struggle. He obeyed. Now, this is where my prompting comes in. I'm standing there, and I feel the Holy Spirit say, propose reuniting the churches. And I remember thinking, Lord, I just met the guy. This is rather bold step. I think this could be offensive. But I heard it in my head. And I'm like, Lord, is that you? Is that you? Is that you? And I gained clarity or confidence that it was. So I said, hey, my friend, uh, this is kind of crazy, but let me throw it out there. Would there be any interest in your church to entering a prayerful dialogue about reuniting our churches and our multi-site strategy? He turned white as a ghost. He abruptly ended the conversation. I was certain I had offended him. But he later told me, Jeff, I wasn't offended at all. He said, I was overwhelmed with the sense that this moment was the answer to our cry. And folks, that these two guys being led by the Spirit of God were circumstances. Was it coincidental? No. It was God arranging, orchestrating things that led to the Wheaton campus of the Compass Church. Friends, God will orchestrate things you couldn't even dream of if you have the courage to follow his promptings. Well, how did it look or work out in the case of this Ethiopian and Philip? Let's read. The Ethiopian asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet, the prophet Isaiah, talking about? Remember, it's a passage about Jesus, a prophecy of the Messiah. Is he talking about himself or someone else? Well, then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news of Jesus. The good news, that's the gospel message. That's how you can be saved through Christ. So Philip would have said, my friend, this passage about this suffering servant, this is telling you what the Messiah just did. As it turns out, it was months ago in the city of Jerusalem where you just were that Jesus Christ, God in human flesh, died on the cross, paying the death penalty, satisfying justice for your sin and mine. And he said to him, Mr. Ethiopian, you can find eternal life with God in an instant The crazy thing is you don't have to be good for a whole lifetime trying to earn favor with God. No, in an instant, you can turn to this Christ and say, I I look to you in faith. 
to forgive my sin and take my life. And he would have explained in an instant, you can be reconciled to God, forgiven of your sin, saved, brought into an anticipation of heaven for eternity. He must have talked about baptism. Baptism is a celebration where we go in the water, which symbolizes death to our own life, and we burst out of the water, symbolizing resurrection to newness of life in Jesus. Well, in this chariot, the Ethiopian is just overwhelmed. This is what he's been searching for all his life. His heart is pounding with desire for this life Jesus has come to bring. And what does he say next? Well, let's read verse 36. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. (laughs) The eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized right now? And he gave the orders for the chariot to stop. And then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Is that awesome or what? Philip is just like, Lord, never stop guiding me by your spirit. This is too much fun. Do you think Philip said, boy, I wish I wouldn't have followed the prompting of the... No. Philip was riding high. This is the kind of stuff that happens when God's writing your story. Friends, we long for it. Have you said, God, take my life Spirit of the living God, lead me every day to go to the person you want me to go to, to repent to the manager if you want me to do it, to say, to serve, to do, to give. Whatever you prompt me to do, I will follow. Let's make this day awesome. I want to share with you one more story. This is a... Maybe if you've been at our church a long time, you may recall this brass compass is like an altar to me. You know, in the Old Testament, they would pile a pile of rocks to be an altar as a physical memento, reminding them of a spiritually important moment. And that's what this compass is to me. And this moment goes back nearly five years ago now. I was the co-senior pastor of a church I had co-founded and had been there for 20 years. And it had gone brilliantly. But at that particular moment, this co-senior pastorate thing was getting a little funky, a little clumsy. And I was sharing to another pastor in the area, a dear mentor of mine, really he's, he's provided me much guidance in times of need. And so I said to him, man, what's going on? How do I work through this. And we're sitting over lunch in Buffalo Grove. And he looks at me and he goes, Jeff, you should quit. (laughs) Excuse me? He said, no, really. He goes, when I was your age, I made a change from one church to another. And it was a beautiful thing. I think it's, you're ready to be a senior pastor in the fullness of the term. And then he, I'll never forget it. He went like this. That hand going to the mouth. I'll never forget. He goes, I know where you're going. And I'm like, stop it. I came here for half a sandwich and a bowl of soup and you're really messing with my brain right now. And he said, Jeff, this morning, I got a phone call telling me that Dale Hummel, the previous pastor of the Compass, he just announced this last weekend, his resignation. And he looked at me and he said, Jeff Griffin, you would be perfect for the Compass Church. I'm like, you're... The thought of leaving the church I was at 
had never crossed my mind. And now I have the voice of the Holy Spirit shouting in me. That night I couldn't sleep. I was up all, I'm a, I have a spiritual gift of sleeping. And I was up all night on the computer reading everything I could about the Compass Church. And as the sleepless night progressed, I'm hearing one thing in my head. I'm calling you to the Compass Church. I'm calling you to the Compass Church. I couldn't believe it. 24 hours ago, the thought had never entered my mind. Now, as the night progresses, I am increasingly convinced that this... I was so convinced, I went on eBay and I bought a World War II brass compass that sits on my desk and reminds me of this particular calling and that God still speaks. That really freaked me out. At first, when I felt this prompting of the Spirit, I was like, Lord, no, 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 no. That old going out on a limb and following the prompting of the Holy Spirit in radical ways, that's for young men. I did that once in these chairs. Now I'm an old man, just stay straight. The young men will see visions. The old men will dream dreams. And God was like, Jeff, are you still willing to step out of your comfort zone and follow me in radical new ways? You know, it's scary, I should add. Sometimes following the prompting of the Holy Spirit will scare you to death. It's like Peter stepping out of the boat of safety out into the water. Remember when Peter walked on the water when Jesus called him? Sometimes when you obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit, man, it'll scare you to death. But that's when it gets fun and you trust Christ no matter what. Friends, don't live in the boat of your comfort zone every day, all day. Say, Spirit of the living God, prompt me, lead me. I'll step out of my comfort. I will follow. I want you to write my story. Would you pray with me? God, how fun that you figured out this plan of your spirit speaking with inaudible whispers and yet whispers we can grow to identify. Lord, lead us. We mean it. Spirit of the living God, all of us who have pledged to be Christ followers, we say lead us. Lead us today. Lead us tomorrow. Lead us as long as we have breath and we will follow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.